0: You are listening to 101.5 UMFM, the Broken Headphones Podcast. We air 3 p.m. and 11 p.m. on Wednesday nights on UMFM. This radio show is a radio show of Studio 393, a satellite of graffiti art programming in Winnipeg. A drop-in center for youth, art space, make some beats, dance, do some visual arts, all those sort of things. This week's episode is an interview with Len Bowen. Len Bowen is a hip-hop artist from Winnipeg, one of the cornerstones of uh, Winnipeg rap a foundation uh, during the CD release, tape release, and video release era of Winnipeg, making Winnipeg visible to the country in um, rap form. Len was a member and is a member of Shades of Black. Latest EP is. Flow Nostalgic off of Fourth Quarter Records, produced by BBS Steve. He sits here today with Sapphire and Osani.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to UMFM 101.5. This is the Broken Headphones podcast with your host, Sapphire McLeod and Osani balkaran Today's guest is Len Bowen. I
2: will be talking to us
1: about Flow Nostalgic, his new EP.
2: I'm good. Uh, you know, it's a hot day out, which is nice. Um, just got to change my shirt a couple times a day, like three or four times. <laughs> uh, yeah, as um, in fr- in preparation for this interview, I was just like listening to to all your EPs and, and singles. Uh, but there was this line that I really liked. It was '87, Mike Check in, like sin- rapping since '11. And uh, I just want to know when, like, you've been rapping for, like, since a very young age, but when did the transition kick in that, like, oh, like, I really want to take this, like, seriously and, and and do something with this and release, record and release music? Because that's very different from uh, just, like, rapping. Right.
3: Wow. You, you really took it back. Like, you you took it back to the demos because... That line's from a song called um, Keep a Tight Grip, and that's probably the first full song I ever wrote. Mm. Wow. That I I ever wrote by myself. Um, So, yeah, I I did it as a hobby for years. Um, I didn't know how to go about anything. I just liked to rap, and I used to take other people's songs and, and rewrite them, write my own versions of them and as time went by uh you know i met i met certain friends that were like-minded and they wanted to make music as well so uh we we formed a group and we'd be you know entering contests freestyling battling just everything and anything that was available for us right and uh when we got to a certain age and we started going out, we realized that there were people doing this older than us that were organized and had sponsors and, and, um, you know, managers and, and they had, they had their own logo that was pressed on shirts. Like they had, they were organized. They had DJs, you know, they had dancers. So, um, you know, there was there was a, a particular crew called State of Mind that took us under their wing. Um, back then we weren't called the Shades yet, um, but uh, yeah, this this brother by the name of uh, Chris Knight basically mentored me and and showed me how to um, showed me showed me. I was ramming before him, but he he helped me we find what I was doing to a certain extent. And, uh, he was one of the first guys who ever took us in the studio. And I would say that was probably around 13, 14. And, um, we recorded a Mm. track called two cents, my two cents. And, um, and yeah, it was it was from there. I just I just kept working at it. I kept I kept writing, I kept uh, I kept jumping on stage where I got the opportunity. I, I kept battling, I kept doing everything and anything to get better. It was just something I wanted to do. Oh, and sweet. Uh, yeah, opportunities presented itself. Uh, from there, just meeting people, networking, and uh, just taking it one step at a time.
1: That's so wicked. Mm-hmm. So you were talking about mentorship just now. Um, you were just talking about mentorship. And I was wondering, like, as an artist, um, especially when you were, like, starting out, like, how important is a clear vision for, like, what you want to do and how you want to organize? Like, what was the impact on your
3: work? Pre mentorship and uh, post mentorship. Pre mentorship, I I didn't know how to go about what I was doing. I I and I thank God that these people um, came into my life and and kind of gave me guidance and direction. So uh, they 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 basically showed me that this is this is a possibility i'm I'm not living in a dream world you know i'm not delusional this can be done so seeing people who were more established than me who were better than me who were right in front of me it was tangible it gave me something that i could work towards and i worked on it and got to the point where i was as good or better than them and Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I just set goals. I I it got to the point where I was like, yo, my name on a flyer isn't good enough. I want to, I wanna, I want to, you know, I want to record, I wanna put out material, I want a video, I want, I want a tour, I wanna to do this, I wanna do that. All these things that just seemed surreal became reality, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, meeting the right people, um, you know, finding out about grants that were available, um, you know, people approaching me to shoot videos, uh, to to hit the road and, and do showcases. All these things that I wasn't aware of, um, you know, just started to fall into to place. And... To speak to um, post mentorship, as as we got more organized, um, you know, linking up with uh, the Break Bread crew, uh, they really helped me as far as getting outside of the city at first and doing showcases and having ANRs from different uh, record labels uh, come out and and see us and uh, and. Uh, ask the questions that you're asking me about right now what do we want to do where do we where do we um, where do we want to take this proper representation in the form of a manager a publicist uh things like that you know so you gotta you gotta be strategic with what you want and if you don't know how to go about things, constantly be asking questions to people around you who are more established. Don't 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 have too much pride to just reach out and ask for help. You know, yeah. there's no clear cut way on on doing this. It, it's a hustle, and um, some people are successful at taking other avenues. Um, but what worked for me was. Just really performing a lot and staying in people's faces and being a presence, and and being consistent, um, and I guess the laws of attraction just worked from there. I I just basically started getting offers for everything and anything I wanted to do and. Um, and if I said I was going to do something, I did it. If someone wanted me on a song, if somebody wanted me to perform somewhere, if someone said we're gonna shoot a video, I I walked the walk, I didn't talk. And anything I said I was gonna do, I did it. Um, when I was in a group, it was hard to keep everybody around because at first they couldn't see what I, I wanted. So I was pretty much, you know, being an artist as well as a manager, and anything I told um, my guys we were gonna do, I made it happen. So
1: that's so dope. That was beautiful to see, like, the manifestation of hard work and like a clear vision, and like having, or, like, having you break down how you did that so early
2: on. Thanks, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, so you did. I didn't know you did uh, video, but that's pretty cool. You did video, you did writing, recording, and uh, I heard that you that you produced some of your or like you made the beat for some of your early tracks. Um, I was just wondering how you made the transition, or how do you how do you know what skills that you wanna that you wanna learn slash like I don't want to say give up, but what skills you know maybe you hand off that you hand off to a different source and then you focus on like yeah like how do you make those options?
3: Well everything that I did outside of, uh, rhyming, rapping was out of necessity. Like I didn't, I didn't, back then when we started, we didn't know any producers. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't know, we didn't know anyone who had studios, but when we got into the studio, what happened is we met engineers and producers who, uh, didn't really work with hip hop music. So, but, they they had you know the engineer had the hands-on so what i would do was i was i was just a tape collector anything i i didn't even have to hear of you you know if it was hip-hop i was gonna buy it you know I, i i had so much cassettes back then it was ridiculous but anyways what i would do is i would i would listen to the music and listen for the breakbeats. And I would take like five or six different cassettes, different songs, and I would, in my mind, create a beat from each tape using a particular song and the breakdown in there. I would use like the breakdown that had a kick, a bass line, some elements from another track. And I would basically go in the studio with the engineer, play this portion of a song and say you see from here to here what's going on here we're going to loop that and we're going to take this tape and take from here to there we're going to take that and put it on top of what we just looped here mm-hmm. and so on and so forth and somehow or another <laughs> next thing you know we had full beats we had beats that that you could you could sequence that you could range based off that so You know, I just realized anything's possible if you really just, you know, take the time and be creative. You can make it happen. You know, you don't, and, you know, everything after that was like the MP, MP, uh, MPC, you know, ASR 10, all of that. We didn't have any of that. Um, Back then, what's the name of the, they used to use what's called a four track to loop beats and stuff back then, but I wasn't even using that yet. And we were making full beats. We were going on stage with these beats that I went in the studio and created with the engineer. I just told you the process. And that's basically how my crew made a name. Mm.
1: Yeah.
3: You know, so, you know, it's it was just out of necessity. We didn't we didn't know a lot of people at first and um but we knew we wanted to do it, and and I was determined to make it happen any way I could.
2: So, uh, that's that's ill, that's cool. So so yes, that's awesome. Um, and what a, and I guess now you uh, with this new record, uh, it was with it was with Fourth Quarter Records, and you know got Egg on there, and I heard BS's tag on on one uh, of the beats. I was wondering how that. That experience was like working with a working with a producer and making this uh, making this tape was he on all the beats or how did you how did you uh, choose the beats for this? So
3: Steve BBS Steve uh, he 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 produced all the beats. Oh yeah, he produced all the beats. It's 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 it's, it's a Len Bowen BBS Steve project. So, mm-hmm. so uh, Ness did a mixtape uh, series um, where, uh, you know, he had a bunch of artists, you're aware of it, you guys had the beats. Um, and Egg and myself, Ness wanted to do a track together uh, with both of us. And that's the beat that he chose for Block Chronicles. Mm. And I thought the beat was dope, and, and Ness pretty much gave us instructions on what to do as far as how many bars he wanted and mm. what have you for the night. And it was really short, but what happened was I loved the beat so much that I wanted to make a full song out of it. So I asked Egg to write a second verse, and I'd write a second verse, and I came up with a hook. And we recorded the song shortly after that session that night. And I loved the beat so much that I reached out to Steve and I was like, man, what else do you got? Mm. You know, let's, and, uh, and, uh, I got another beat off him for the Pac and Janet record and it turned out really well. And I said, you know what, let's, let's, let's figure something out. And before you know it, we were working on the Flow Nostalgic Project, which was originally meant to be a full-length LP, but because of COVID-19 and so much time had passed, I said, you know what, I want to give, um, I want to put out some of this music, so let's let's release what we got right now and and hit people later with the other parts. So... Basically, what people got was actually part one to this project that was meant to be a full length. Mm-hmm.
1: that's yeah. so cool! I can't wait to see like um, what comes next. When you're talking about like the the song Pac and Janet, um, I was listening to it. And it was just like really cool, or um, really impactful for me. Um, just hearing like a black man talk about like love and life in such a real way that isn't like super toxic or like um, that was just real and rooted in like personal experience and so like um with like Pac and Janet and the song The Break like what were some of the events like why why did you feel like this was an important story to share or uh, an important perspective like to put out in the world
3: it was really just what I was going through and the song's about trying to salvage a relationship and trying to reason, uh, you know, with the girl that 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 I was with, that I am with, and uh, and um, you know, it just to let people know I'm human, and it's not just about sounding cool or 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 putting on some type of bravado. You know what I mean? It's okay to be vulnerable. It's it's uh, people. I, w- I always want people to know that, um, you know, I'm approachable and I want my music to, to sound approachable. Like you hear this and this is something you can relate to. You've, you might've gone through it, something similar. And, you know, whether this helped you get through the day or it's just something you can relate to that kind of makes you laugh or, or, or take a sigh of relief. It's just something that, 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 um you know, is cool to listen to, whether it's therapeutic or, or what have you. I, it's, it's, I didn't, I didn't do anything, um, intentionally. It wasn't premeditated. It was just something that was on the record that, that, um, I I, I wanted to share. Like I I had the idea and I put it together and, and the beat was fire and it happened. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. And, Man, and no, I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. go first yeah I was just gonna say as far as the breaks goes um that song's really just about and during the whole process of of working on this project I, I was kind of not in the best space and I needed I needed something to to keep me going and and if you listen to the whole project it is kind of dark and that that record is is basically talking about when i was at a low point and i'm trying to find everything and anything just to keep going on a day-to-day basis and um the meaning is kind of like a dual meaning like it's called the breaks because you you reach a breaking point and and you have to work through these mental blocks you know and also the breaks um, is the name of the first hip hop song that was ever uh, released by uh, Curtis Blow back in the day so i knew when i called it that if you know hip hop and you see that title you're going to listen regardless you you're going to you're going to see you're, you're going to want to know what this kid is about and who he thinks he is even calling a song the breaks and and does it live up to that in some way shape or form so um that was the idea behind that
1: that kind of leads me to my next question because um i was looking at this project called um who's really got bars by data kids and the breaks was featured on that on that uh, project on that mixtape and i was wondering like how how i was really trying to put together like how you were able to like get his attention because not everyone gets a jada kiss cosign you know what i mean so it was like the beat um caught my attention right away also the sadia moss um sample um as well as like the realness the rawness and it it really is straight blind so i was wondering like how what was that experience like for you like how did you even how did you feel when jada fell in touch with you
3: Wow. That was, that was surreal. Um, I'm very fortunate. Um, you know what? I just, I just put it out there and, um, and I, he, he, he heard actually really, he, he heard, he heard me spit bars. He didn't hear the song. He heard me spit bars because when um, the ad was out for the project when it first dropped. It was around the time it was, it was, I believe, um, the anniversary of, of B.I.G.'s uh, death. So I had some bars that I spit over Who Shot You um, from a contest that I entered uh, with this battle rapper uh, by the name of DNA. And I won it. And um, I, I got a verse off him. But anyways, I attached that to, because, because it, it was like an anniversary for Big and my project just happened to be around the same time and I attached it and he heard that. And um, he DM'd me and was like, yo, let's, let's talk. And, um, you know, he let me know this project was coming out this, this mixtape and he said he wanted me to be a part of it and um, the rest is history so mm. you know what I mean it's just a you know what laws of attraction put stuff out there don't limit yourself don't think because you're in a, a prairie province Winnipeg Manitoba that things can't happen don't, don't look at anyone outside of this city like like you can't as, uh, aspire to that level of Of whatever you think they're doing you know what i mean it's 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 good and great to be humble but don't winnipeg to me has this mentality we love um rooting for the visiting team you know what i mean we love in a lot of sense and i'm not trying to come off negative i'm just i'm just you know being cut and dry like We love finishing second and and we got to get rid of that mentality because there's so much talent in the city. And if you want people when they come through here to, you know, respect the talent, we got, we got to show them that we actually respect ourselves on a, on another level. You know what I mean? Because nobody can't pass through Toronto and, and front on anybody out there. They, they stand, they, they act like Toronto should have its own flag. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, way they, the, um, way, the way they rep that city. That's, mm-hmm. how, that's how, as far as a music culture in Winnipeg, that, that's the mentality we need. And, and a lot of things will change and a lot more opportunities will be presented to artists out here if people start thinking like that. You know? Yeah.
1: Like one of the things I really appreciated about this project um, the first song is talking about Central I grew up in Central so having the first song on the album be central kiss and just like honoring the roots um, and like seeing the impact that that has on your career or, like more so on your mentalities like when you're talking about being proud of where you're from and you're talking about like the non-stop hustle energy like hearing you talk I was like okay I can see why I, I can understand better like how um, artists like Jadakiss um could put respect on it just because it's like the nonstop hustle and um my name on a flyer isn't good enough like that kind of mentality that kind of like striving for more and not taking any less and coming from central and still putting respect on it on this project i felt really i, I felt really proud because when you're talking about like repping where you're from and like not even setting an example i don't like well, i don't like the term role model like, have you heard that, that like, excerpt from the Tupac interview? And he was like, I'm not a role model, I'm a real model. And, like, for me, that song, that's some real model stuff. You know what I mean? And so I was also really curious as to, like, what made it be number one? Like, out of all the tracks on this EP, what made you put it first on the, on the track list?
3: Because that's where I'm from. That's where it started. You know, that's where I spent 16 years of my life, Kennedy and Ellis, you know, um, the inner city. That's where I went to elementary, junior high, high school. My 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 mother, single mother, um, you know, raised me in that neighborhood, got married in the same apartment she raised me in for 16 years, and then we got the hell out of there. So I saw a lot down there you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it was it was um a melting pot for 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 people just coming to canada and and trying to make a start build a life for their families you know so i grew up around all these people and all this culture and and people working hard to to better themselves and um you know just kept me really open minded about everything and anything um going on around me as well as um making me uh very self-aware and um and um (laughs) i didn't stay let's just say i wasn't naive for a very long period of time as a child you know you see a lot down there you witness a lot of things and um you know, for better or for worse, that's where I'm from, in in uh-huh. the city, and um, on it's funny on that street that I grew up on, Kennedy. The amount of um, dudes <laughs> that make music in the city that lived on that street during the time I was there, and, and in the areas is ridiculous. Um, you know, and um, I'm proud of the West End. I a, a lot of great talented people not even just music like like um you know the actor adam beach is from the west end you know what i mm-hmm. mean and he's 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 a lot older than me but i knew him as a kid i knew him to see him on the street in the west end when i was growing up so just little things like that just inspiration anybody who who you know look beyond what was in front of them and 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 did something with their life, whether whether it it you know took you out of the city or whether you just held your head up and raised a family, you know. I I rep Central. I'm proud of that. I don't live in the West End anymore, but I rep it always. That's that's you know. Everywhere else is where I rest my head, but I'm I'm from Central. That's, that's the block. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like when you talk about like rapping in your songs. I, I live, yeah, I live in the West end, uh, live on Banning and Alice. Um, I guess, yeah, I was, I was wondering, cause I hear a lot of people, they, they really like Winnipeg, but they're always trying to uh, get out of, get out of Winnipeg, you know, move to LA or move to, move to Toronto. Um, do you think, do you think that Winnipeg is able to sort of like, would would you approach it as a young rapper, again, would you approach it the same way? Like build a scene in Winnipeg or try to get out of Winnipeg and uh, sort of, I guess, say that you're from Winnipeg? I don't know. How do you? How okay. Do
3: you, okay. Uh, to answer your question, um completely honest. If I was to do it again, I would have left Winnipeg. Hmm. And I would have left Winnipeg not that I was leaving Winnipeg behind, but... Yeah and and this doesn't just go for Winnipeg this is a lot of places you have to go where that infrastructure is to to take your 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 art to the next level in canada that happens to be toronto if mm-hmm. you want to get it it happens out here i'd say more so for rock bands and things like that mm-hmm. where you can get a deal a real deal out mm-hmm. here but for the type of for urban music, for hip hop, for R and B, you have to go to Toronto if you're Mm -hmm. looking for a record deal. I mean, you can do the indie thing out here. You can tour out here. You can, you can do the showcases. Um, you'll, you, you might even get nominated for a Western Canadian music award or, you know, something like that. You can do, um, you know, Canadian music week, North by Northwest, North by Northeast, but if you're trying to get a deal, you have to go to Toronto. And just going to Toronto um, or moving to Toronto doesn't mean you have to all of a sudden say you're not from Winnipeg. You can mm-hmm. still go out there, do your thing. I believe it's possible to get a deal out there still in your hometown. The people out there who could possibly change your life and give you a career doing music, aren't looking for you to say you're from Toronto. They're looking for talent, period. I think it's one of the worst things you can do is leave the city and try to front on your city and act like you're bigger and better, Mm. and then say you're from Toronto. Well, guess what? There's thousands of people already in Toronto trying to make it. So you're going out there and you're expecting them to roll out the red carpet, and that's the furthest mm-hmm. thing from the truth because they're they're after the exact same thing you are. So mm-hmm. it's not going to make it easier, but if you got the talent, it'll happen. You'll you'll figure it out. You'll get a manager. You'll connect with people. Um, it'll happen. But but you gotta you gotta go away. You don't have to, um, you know, abandon where you're from. But to make it happen, to to there's not enough here to make it happen from here you can only Mm. take it so far you know you can only do the circuit so many times
2: Mm. Mm. i guess yeah that brings me to my next question which is like do you uh do you prefer working with with a whole team or do you like prefer working solo because if you if you go solo you could easily like go to like toronto and stuff but if you work with a whole team then you'd have to sort of like stay in Winnipeg and see it through till however long. And that can be kind of like tricky.
3: Well, I I think it's more about just you and your clique being on the same page. You have to Mm. be um, in a situation with like-minded people. I was in a situation where I was in a clique with so much talent. However, they all weren't willing to make the sacrifices that I wanted to make. And we were a lot younger and it was a situation where if all of us weren't gonna go, nobody was going. And that's basically what happened. I truly believe that if the shades packed up and left and moved to Toronto for three years, we would have we would have taking it to the next level. And the reason I say that is because we were already a presence out there because we were going back and forth doing Canadian Music Week, doing North by Northeast. We were on stages playing these showcases with Ghetto Concept, Mishimi, Cardinal, Choclair, Socrates, Solitaire, they all knew who we were. Mm-hmm. i i could I could get on the phone with these dudes at any time when I wanted. you know what I mean. They knew who we were. We were holding our own on these 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 three brothers from the prairies were holding our own. We were the only ones from the prairies there. Everyone was from Toronto or what have you. I knew swollen members before they were big. I knew mm-hmm. all these guys before they were big. I knew Classified before it was big. There used to be a festival out here put on by Odario of Grand Analog back when they were mood rough called Peg City Halla. All these guys, a lot of these guys are now Juno winners or they were Juno nominees. These guys used to come to Dow Jones and Odario's place back in the days and sleep in their living room on the carpet just to perform over that weekend to try to make a name. Networking, so so. trust me, it, it's, it's all about the sacrifices you're willing to make, you know? And unfortunately, we didn't make that sacrifice and it is what it is. That's definitely what I would have did different. I would have I had to have said goodbye to my friends to really make this thing happen because it's, it's, it's cliche, it might sound cheesy, but it's true. If, if you really want this to happen, or at least have that 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 chance. You got to leave everything behind. If people ain't ready, <laughs> you you still got you got to leave them behind and do what you got to do. You got to set feelings aside and do mm-hmm. what you got to do.
1: That's tough. <laughs> you made a, a lot of um, points where you're talking about like infrastructure, and so um, being that you're still a phenomenal artist. Um, and like make a name for yourself and like renowned, like have multiple projects out. Um, being stationed in Winnipeg, so there there are key infrastructures. There are things that you can do here in Winnipeg to succeed and go forward and to channel your drive 100%. Um, and so I was just wondering, like, what were some of those key elements? Like, what is some of that infrastructure that you either found in Winnipeg or built for yourself to get the results that you wanted?
3: take advantage of, of the, the, the grant system out here, whether it's Manitoba music, Manitoba film and sound, um, the access to factor, take advantage of those and, and build a rapport, build a relationship with the people who work in those offices, go to the workshops, and 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 absorb and and take all of that in, and at the same time, invest in yourself. You know, um, sacrifice getting the latest kicks and clothes and going out every minute, and put that money aside, and yeah. and and put that studio together. Um, figure out ways to be as self-sufficient as possible. And the reason I say that is because even though we do have these things in place where you can get grant money it can be at times restrictive because you're waiting for people to deliberate you're waiting for people to tell you whether you're getting this money or not to do this and that and you lose control you might want to release your project in a certain time frame but you can't because you're waiting on this that and the third when you have your own money you're doing things on your own time and terms mm. so um you know what for flow nostalgic i could have waited and and figured out a grand situation but you know that would have slowed things up more than they already were i put it out by myself you know um me and and the good people over at fourth quarter records figured it out we put this out and and it's and it's doing very well on, on a very humble budget. So if the music's good and, and you put a little something aside and, and you've got a strong team and people who are hungry and focused, you'll make it happen. Um, when, I, when, I, when I put out um, my first solo EP, Long Story Short, I didn't know how I was gonna do it. I All I did was sit down one day and start writing. When I finished the project, I, I figured out my distribution. I figured out shooting a video and I figured out getting on the road to promote the project. Everything just started falling in place. I was talking to the right people. I was, I was telling them what I wanted to do. And because I put in all of the work I had, it was blind fate because i didn't know how i was going to put this out i just started writing and once one thing was done the other thing was in my face and when they needed <laughs> when they needed what they needed for me to t- for me to take the next step it was ready my photos were ready my music was finished and recorded you know they didn't have to wait on me it was like listen I want to do this. They said, okay, that's great. Land. we need this, that, and this third. It's done here. Boom. Next move. Yep. You know, so, so, um, you know, people, and a lot of times, whether you believe it or not, people are looking at you from the outside and watching how you move, because, um, this is totally a self-motivated art, right? and people want to work with people who are serious who are hungry that they don't have to hold their hand through everything so um going back to what i said earlier about being self sufficient building your own studio things like that do everything you can because the less people have to put into you um you know they're they're willing to work with you they want they want people who are independent and you know right. have an idea of what they want to do
1: you stay ready have that vision and i've put in the work to produce the results yeah, so it's, yeah. It's cool. that's great advice thanks
2: yeah yeah, yeah this was uh this is an amazing uh interview Give me uh as a young artist i feel like this gave me a bit to think about um so uh, yeah, uh, thanks so much for, for doing this. Um, I think that's all the time that we have for today. So I'm oh, just gonna, thanks, man. yeah, yeah. Sweet, so uh, listen to 101.5 UMFM Broken Headphones Podcast. Uh, thanks for being with us today, Lem Bowen. This was hosted by Sapphire McLeod and Osani Balcran. Uh, hope you have a good rest of your day or evening, I guess it is for most people.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to 101.5 UMFM. This was an interview with Len Boehm. Flow Nostalgic is his latest EP. You want to check out more things from him, check out Fourth Quarter Records on any of your social media streams. Thank you to Sapphire and Osani for the interview and composing the questions. Check us out at www.graffitigallery.ca or at graffitiartprog or at studio underscore 393. We have online programming with workshops and such for dance, um, beat making, and also art. Thank you.